Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun music and food podcast where anything can happen. Today we are creating an orange Earl Grey pound cake from inception to deliciousness with Carly Jane, owner of Love Like Salt. Carly is an everything food kind of woman. It's a cooking education as Carly teaches us how to create a recipe using formulas. She also specializes in creative storytelling through food photography, design, and even recipe development. So the reason why the scales is really important for baking is because, like if you sat down and just measured six cups of flour and weighed each cup, each one's gonna be different. When it comes to cakes and things where you really need to have accuracy and you need it to turn out perfectly and consistently, you're never really gonna get that with the volume measure. How has Carly's passion for showcasing and cooking amazing food developed into a full-time business? What is her connection to the music world? And what the heck is a food stylist? Keep on listening and let's find out. Well, hi, Carly. Welcome to the hi, show. Hi, Marty. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. I've never had um, a person of your food caliber on my <laughs> show before. I mean, like coming from the food world instead of coming from the music world. And I'm, I'm just really excited to talk with you today. So thanks for having me. Let me crash your party, so to speak. Well, I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> All right, so what are we making? Well, we are going to work through developing and testing a recipe from the beginning to the end. Okay. Um, using formula. Formulas, All right. Because I really love formula cooking. This sounds um, very scientific. And I'm kind not. of a science geek, so I'm all excited. It's not, ah, oh, dang, well, no maybe. science on the show today. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I like working with formulas because, you know, it helps me remember the recipe without having to remember the recipe, if that uh, makes any sense. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it allows me to be creative and to experiment with flavors and to yeah. sort of make my own things, which yeah. is really, really Well, fun. I do that anyway, but there's no formula involved. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, ah, too much cayenne pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Dang so, it. No. <laughs> are you a baker or are you a cook? I cook. I don't bake. I really don't. It kind of scares me a little bit. So I'm hoping that this really, truly yeah. is a cooking education today. But I cook. I came from a family that just experimented in the kitchen with mm -hmm. spices and food and soups and sauces and all those kinds of things. So that yeah. is awesome. baking, kind of out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So I was always a baker, but never really a cook. And then I had to learn cooking. And then I have this theory that people who love to experiment and love to just get their hands dirty love cooking. And people who like to have follow exact steps yeah. one after the other tend yeah. to go towards baking because baking. Ah. There's really not a lot of wiggle room, right? You have your recipe, you follow the recipe, it's very precise. Yeah. You put it in the oven. It turns out we're cooking sometimes is like two tomatoes. Well, yeah. The only two okay, tomatoes. I have to admit, you know? the only recipe I've ever tried that it baked it came out pretty good that I've done multiple times is Alton Brown's recipe for chocolate souffles. Mm -hmm. It comes out great every time. So other yeah. than that though, like cakes and yeah. so not me. I'm I'm terrified to, to try it. And I'm still learning cakes. I'm like, oh cakes. Alright, well hey. <laughs> but, hey, so here we go. Okay. So just to instill confidence in your listeners. Like, what's you, the name of the cake we're making? So this is going to be an Earl Grey orange pound cake. Oh, and it is inspired when you called or contacted me and you're like, we are a music podcast. I was like, food and music. Yeah. There's got to be some good music lyrics. And the first thing that came to my mind was Leonard Cohen's Suzanne, uh -huh. where he talks about the woman feeding him tea and oranges that come all the way from China. And it's I, always been such a powerful image to me. Like, uh -huh. Even though it sounds very like exotic, right? And this is your brother's music. 
No, well, this is Leonard Cohen's song. Oh, Leonard Cohen's song. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, my brother wrote the intro music, and he's a fabulous musician. A shout out to Fred, because dang, I love the track that you sent, and I, I love that he does all this stuff um, on his own. He, you said he plays guitar and mm -hmm. a harmonica. No, yes. He does the whistling and the guitar and all the rhythm at the same time, so... He's ambidextrous and he's just really good at doing those Can, things, like the patting your head and rubbing your belly, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> he Multi-coordinating. Multi-coordinating. I love it. That. All right, so it looks like um, you just, is there any type of uh, tea that you prefer? Um, so I made this one with Earl Grey because I like the citrus notes of the bergamot. Uh-huh. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Bergamot? I don't know. Bergamot. Sure. Bergamot. <laughs> Um, uh, I was thinking chai would actually be a really good thing too. Um, oh yeah, to kind this. of like a spice. Would that give? I might give like a yeah. spi like a spice kit kind like of like an orange yeah. spice would be really so, awesome. Um, you just put two tea bags with boiling water in a in a like a one cup glass. Yeah, but we're making tea. We're making tea because I was like, how we're gonna make a simple syrup. Okay. Oh, great. Out of tea? Out of tea. And I was like, how am I going to get the tea flavor and the simple syrup? And I was like, well, I probably just could make tea, right? Yeah. So well, you know you, how tea can get just bitter. Make tea, that sounds very simple. So. Exactly. Yeah. And we also forgot, very important, you always have to start your oven. If you've ever baked and forgot oh. to start your oven. So we've got oh. this at 350. So that's all ready to go. We've got that stuff brewing, and I'm gonna go grab a cup of sugar. A cup of sugar. Got a cup it. of sugar. So for simple syrup, this is a formula. One right. cup of liquid, one cup of sugar. One cup of liquid, okay. which happens to be tea. Yeah, or it could be one water. cup of sugar. So you're tricking me into making, this is, this is a formula, you're tricking this me into. This is a formula, yeah. Right. So this is like, I can always remember that. Okay, I one never cup of liquid, look up whatever liquid it may be. Yeah. Could you use fruit juice instead? I don't know. It'd be interesting. It might be really sweet. Yeah, maybe sweet if you wanted a sweet something, something. Like I apple don't know. juice might be really good. Yeah, um, it could. I'm allergic to apples. Are you really? Okay, technically I'm not allergic, but it upsets my stomach. There's some kind of oh. enzyme that my body can't break down. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, eating apples is unpleasant as side effects for me, so. You know, I've heard of people, you could have um, the seasonal allergies from fruits when they don't mix right with the pollen in the air. Really? Which is probably different than what you have. Yeah, like some people yeah. will get like an itchy mouth from eating apples, but only in the spring. Okay, I've never heard it's of this. It's so weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Science fact for the day. There we go. Woohoo! All right, so, so you've got okay. uh, about a cup of sugar. Yeah. And your tea is darkening up. Well, we just put the sugar and the tea together in this pan. Well, that's simple. So simple. <laughs> and this stuff's cool. It ends up tasting like really strong kind of sweet tea. And so we put we're heating this in a pan on the stove. Uh, what kind of heat? This is just medium. Okay, and medium, you're just gonna. High. Is there any yeah. danger of the sugar burning? No, there's so much water in it. What will happen is the, um, you know, the sugar will dissolve into the water. Oh, okay. So we don't have to constantly stir it. No, you just have to ignore it for a little bit. I'm going to go grab an orange. We can ignore it. All right. Okay. So I've got some oranges. Oranges. Yeah. Bright, colorful, any particular kind of orange. <laughs> I think you could probably use any kind of orange. I think um, mandarins would be really good. Okay. These are just what we have around. We do um, imperfect produce here, and I always end up with so many oranges. And what do you do? Imperfect produce, it's that... Um, it's like kind of like a vegetable delivery where they bring you cast-offs from farms where they don't. You know, really? They, yeah. And this, they have a service in Portland? They do. 
a wow imperfect produce in fact i think i've heard of it before from my friend terry briggs she's really great mm -hmm. and i know that she uses it in her household yeah. so super fun <clears throat> yeah it's good it's good stuff um i like that just being a mom and working and, and also just being able to cook whatever you want is yeah, really free cool. and, and you is just it get affordable? all these vegetables. Yeah, it's like $15 You know, I always wanted to do a CSA, one of the big farm things. Those, those are big in Portland. There's, uh -huh. um, there's probably a dozen, but you can go direct to the farmer yeah. and then they deliver to either a place near you or to your house mm -hmm. or to wherever. And I've always wanted to try it. So anyway, we are um, slicing up the oranges. Yeah, so we're try slicing them as thin as your patience and skill will allow you. So these are, I'm trying to aim for like minimum of an eighth of an inch. Um, because what we're going to do is we're going to simmer these in a simple syrup and it's going to kind of candy them. So the tea flavor will infuse itself into the oranges and then they're going to get soft and sweet. Tea, no, orange infused tea. Or tea infused, tea infused orange. orange. Yeah. Wow. I knew I had that wrong. But, you know, whatever. I don't um, think you could be wrong. I think it's I could, either way. Well, I don't know. We are formula-based recipe yeah, making, right. so. <laughs> so you said your brother's a musician. Yes. Was, was there music in your family when you were growing up? Um, you know, there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. No. It was my, it's like basically my brother, which is kind of funny. So I think the whole family was like, he's seven years older than me. And so... I'm just gonna interrupt a story. Say I'm putting in the oranges. Oh, putting in the oranges into the. Oh my gosh, this looks kind of like when we make um, apple. Uh, well, we call it wassail, but um, you know, apple spiced cider. Mm -hmm. But we put in a whole orange with um, the cloves, the whole oh, cloves, that's and so you put good. the cloves in the orange. You poke them in yeah. there, and then you float those oranges in apple cider, mm -hmm. and then put in a couple whole cinnamon sticks, yeah. and you just cook it. And that becomes the spice cider. It's delicious if That's you can awesome. have apples. Uh, can you do pears? I can do pears. What? Yeah, I can do pears. Craziness. Well, pear yeah. cider. But I miss. Pear cider. I haven't tried that yet. We'll have to try it. At any rate, this looks so, good. Yeah. Sliced oranges in tea and sugar. Yep. So we're just gonna let that simmer. And while that simmers, we could start doing the rest of our project. All right. Um, which is going to um, there's gonna be a mixer going, which I hope is gonna be. Okay, with that's that. gonna be great. Okay, alrighty. So I've got my good old KitchenAid. KitchenAid, um, love it. KitchenAid. I have one that gets no use because again, I'm kind of afraid of baking. But um, I do have a cookie recipe uh, that I do. I think it's called the best cookie ever. Uh -huh. um, and I used to use my food processor for that, but now mm -hmm. I've even gotten around that because I have a little ninja. I have a ninja too. <laughs> and then and I got rid of my food processor. It's like so much smaller. I love right. the ninja. The ninja's great because what I do is um, this recipe calls for oatmeal that's ground into flour. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. take part of the oatmeal content and in the ninja food processor and it just, it does it perfectly and then I don't have to get out the bulk of my huge food processor, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. why I got a ninja too is because it's just so small. Yeah. And my food processor, I was like, Realizing I was going around and trying to do things in every other way I possibly could to not pull it out. Yeah, me too. That's why I got it. Clean, right. like, yeah. 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 So I got rid of my food process. It was a weird decision. I was like, can't do it. Can't believe I'm getting can't rid of this. It. So I'm going to show you this app. Okay, what's this app? And if the listeners want to download it, it's easy to find on the uh, iTunes app okay. store. Sure. Um, anyway, it's the Michael Rollman's. I probably. I never know how to pronounce his name. Is it Rulemans? Probably Rulemans. R-U-H-L-M-A-N-S. 
M-A-N apostrophe S, and then ratios. Yeah, it was just ratios. There's also a book that he wrote that is really awesome. You can see there's all these different kind of things you can make. Like there's doughs and batters, custards, fat-based sauces, Wow, I'm going to download this app. Yeah, it's really so useful. So like if I want to make an ice cream, I go to the custards because uh -huh. ice cream's basically just custard. And then Actually, I pull up the ratio for the creme anglaise. Uh-huh. And then I've, you know, I've developed like my own ice cream just based on this recipe. Like it didn't turn out perfect. So these are your this is your like the this is like a cheat for formula yeah. recipe creation. Yeah. And this is really neat. It's really fun. Um and they even have some savory things, like if you let's check out our Oh, yes, yeah. I hear boiling in the background yeah, as no, we're looking we're at this. Good. Oh my gosh, this kitchen smells so good. Awesome. It smells bright in that uh, citrus flavor with the tea, and I'm like, oh, this is this smells like breakfast or mm -hmm. morning or something. Oh man, mm -hmm. yeah, this cake I've mm -hmm. actually taken it and cut it, and put it like in for breakfast. Well, cut it up and then fried it in like egg batter, like French toast, like made French toast pancake. Carly, so I love you so much. <laughs> Because that is the best idea ever. So delicious. Earl Grey orange French toast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm doing the pound cake. Okay. So you can see this one has it all in weights, which a lot of people don't have. Okay. So again, we're back on the app, and you pushed yeah. on pound cake. Yeah. And it's got butter, sugar, eggs, and flour, and it gives you the ratios. Mm-hmm. And, and this one's, just, that's particularly easy because they're all even. Yeah, even. it's one to one to one to one, which is like just such an old school, traditional pound cake recipe. Wow. Um, of course, once you convert it into volume, it's not going to be so easy, which huh. is why I like working with the scale. So what we're going to do first is we're going to put our butter into our KitchenAid. Okay. And the thing I really love about this recipe is that there's no leavening uh -huh. other than the eggs and the whipping. So it's a really fun way of learning how um, how your technique will affect your final process. Like, why your do technique? you like why do you cream the butter first, or why do you add the flour in a certain way? Um, it's a since this entire cake depends on how long you whip it and how yeah. the ingredients go together. Um, okay, so okay, I have to stop. I have to tell the listeners <laughs> what you're doing because this is really cool. You took the wrapper from the butter that you just dumped in your KitchenAid, mm -hmm. and you're wiping the inside of the pan of it. I am. That's so smart. Thanks. I have never done that before. Okay, and what is this? You have this strange thing, oh, this lighting, thing lighting the bottom of your pan. What is it? So it's really common when you're making a cake to take a piece of parchment paper. And you know, I've worked in a lot of bakeries, and you know, you take your pan, you put it on there, you trace the parchment paper, you cut it out, you put it at the bottom, and uh -huh. it helps keep the bottom of the cake from sticking to the pan. Right. You just have to loosen the sides. Okay. And then it just plops so out. So is that parchment paper? Because it's not. Because like <laughs> it's I'm pink. I've never seen pink So I went to Ikea, and Ikea has these really cheap Silpat type things. Oh. You know those things that you put on your baking sheet that oh, you can yeah. use and things don't yes. stick. So they, they're like $5 or so. And you just cut it to fit your pants. And I just cut it to fit my pants. So I just always have one. You are a bright, intelligent woman Thank in the kitchen. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. So okay, it seems cool. to be working well. I was wondering if maybe it might be too thick, but I think it just prevents the base of your cake from getting too brown. You know. So. I'm so excited. All right, so, and also I think it's important to note, we haven't talked about this yet. Everything has to be room temperature. So your eggs, butter, Okay, you got it. You can't start And how it much cold. butter are you throwing in there? This is uh, two sticks, so eight ounces is going to be two sticks of butter. Okay, got it. 
All right, so I'm going to start up the mixer. Hopefully okay. it won't be too loud here. No, go ahead. All right. So I've got the paddle on it, and what I'm doing is I just want to whip up this butter until it starts to kind of look a little bit more like frosting. How long does that take? Like maybe two to three minutes. Okay. So, you know, we've got other stuff we could do while that's going. And then let me grab my scale. Let's do the sugar next. All right, let's. All right, let's do sugar. Um, so anyway, going back to my brother. So my brother is always super talented, yada, yada, yada. So, but you know, everybody assumed I would be too. So I ended up also a band, also playing trombone. Uh-huh. And then how'd that go for you? I was not a great trombone player. Not your skill set. <laughs> not my skill set. Um, and then I ended up playing tuba, which was super fun. So in high school, I was this petite, blonde, little punk girl with my tuba. <laughs> You know, I um, 1993. <laughs> you, you sent that. You sent that to me, and you said you were like, you know, totally into like the grunge movement uh -huh. uh, in Seattle, right? You were in Seattle. Well, it was a really weird time because you know, as a teenager, like, wasn't part of that establishment. You know, yeah. Listen to the, you know, listening to what was actually alternative music back then, and then saw it get popular, and it was just such like a strange. Ah. I was like, wait, so two years ago I got teased for listening to his music and wearing and my Doc Martens. You were the trendsetter. And then two years later, the people <laughs> who were teasing me were doing the same thing. And I was like, how can I be different? Like, it was like a severe, like, identity crisis. You know, I can remember my brother. He's probably about five years older than you are. And he had a period where he went around in a long black jacket, all black, everything. Uh -huh. And a, kind of a goth kind of a look without oh, the yeah. makeup, you know? I did and, the um, whole black thing for a really yeah, long time. Yeah, he was always so much more, I think, adventurous. I was the safe girl, you know, until I got older. I always played it safe. I would come home from college, and he would take me out to the dance bars. Nice. And I'm like, this is where you go? How much fun is this? I'm missing out. I'm doing it wrong. That <laughs> so, is awesome. Yeah. All right, where so, was this? Was this... Because you said he lived in Seattle for a short well, time. Well, no, was that... that was all in Portland oh, because really? I grew up in Portland. Oh, awesome. Oh, but wow. But then I left and I um, I sang in Seattle for two years after that. Cool. And then I moved to Colorado and I was there for pretty close to nine years yeah. uh, before I moved back to Oregon. Years ago. <laughs> All right, so you've got a okay. bowl on a food scale. So I've got a bowl on a scale. So since I'm trying to adapt this recipe for people to follow who might not have a scale, okay. which I'm going to tell everybody, go and buy a scale. Just just do it. Go if you buy like a to bake, scale. especially. Right, and you know, actually they're having a lot of really good specials right now on food scales on Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. um, if you believe in Amazon, some people are like anti-Amazon. Me, I'm a girl of convenience. So, you know, oh, click, 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 done. Yeah. Thank God. It shows up at your house. Yeah. It's a miracle. Well, my neighbor's house, technically. So I need eight ounces of sugar, which isn't going to really translate super well into cups. I, I'm but sorry, but you only have 7.1 7 ounces. 7.1. You are not doing it's 8 not ounces gonna, of sugar. So let's see. Yeah, come on. So this is when you get that recipe. It's like this one cup. This is a cup. food podcast. Let's do No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you get those recipes are like one cup plus two tablespoons of flour? You know, yes. you're like, what? Yes, I this do, is, and it drives so me nuts. So this is one cup plus two tablespoons of flour, right? So let's see about how much. 7.7, seven, 7.6, seven, 7.8, seven, 7.9. Seven, so seven, yeah, that's like a cup and a tablespoon, right? But I love it. Yeah. So the reason why the scale is really important for baking is because when you measure things by volume, like if you sat down and just measured like six cups of flour yeah. and weighed each cup, each one's going to be different. 
And every manufacturer, I swear, has their own little size. They're their not all accurate. A cup is not a cup. A, a cup, cup is a not cup, a, a cup, 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 right? A cup. So it's a good like place to start. Uh -huh. You know, it's great for pancakes and muffins, but yeah. when it comes to cakes and things where you really need to have accuracy and you need it to turn out perfectly and consistently, you're never really going to get that with the volume measure. Okay. Unless... And I just saw you spin the sugar on the bowl. Did you do that for a reason? I just do this. I think it's because I drink a lot of wine. <laughs> 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 I'm just swirling my wine right now. All right, so you just dumped the sugar. I just dumped the sugar into the flour, so we're going to let that cream together. So the KitchenAid's doing all the work here. I know, it's awesome, right? So then I'm just looking at these oranges. Some of them are getting ready. What you're looking for is the oranges to start getting translucent. Oh, so we're actually cooking the orange. I thought it was yeah. just to add flavor. I didn't realize that we're actually looking for... It's like an onion, you know, when you're uh -huh. cooking the translucency, it's, it's the totally same thing. It's totally like an onion, yeah. And so. why why are we going for that? What's the... It just sort of candies them a little bit. And then Ow. we're going to put them on the base of our cake like an upside-down cake. Ow. So you flip it over, you have these beautiful oranges on the top. Such an education today for me. <laughs> Excuse me. So those are, I don't know, they probably only need a couple more minutes. Okay. Maybe five more minutes. Um, so I just added in the... Okay. Whatever that is, the sugar. You just added whatever that is? Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> you added these two things in the bowl and they're pretty. They're just scraping okay, up the so sides. scraping it and it looks pretty fluffy. Yeah, it's getting there. That's it's getting there? there? It's My getting gosh. There. We're gonna fluff the heck. We're gonna is there fluff a danger it. of over fluffing butter? No. no really? It's not. not gonna turn into something else? I know. Because you know what happens with milk. <laughs> cream, right? Yeah, cream, right. Right. Which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So we're going to let that go. I'm going to start measuring out my cornmeal. So no flour in this. Yeah, we're no. just going to do, yeah. I love it. Cornmeal. Right. So could you consider this gluten-free? It could be, yeah. Yeah, as long as your cornmeal is gluten-free. Okay, wait, we're so, back on the food scroll. Yeah. And let me guess, are we doing eight ounces? We're doing eight ounces. <gasps> Yay. Hey, you can <laughs> teach a, a young cook new tricks. <laughs> So, um, 5.7. Yeah. See how, like, the sugar was 7, and then this cornmeal is like 5.7. Oh, so, if you're, and you're using the same measuring cup. Yeah. That so is a see, huge it's difference. It's a huge difference. And a lot of it's just like the size is bigger of this grind. So, you know, if you do a lot of gluten free baking and you're trying to do the conversions and you're trying to substitute one flour for the other, if you're yeah. doing it by volume, sometimes yeah. you're going to be adding less of the I don't know. I get. <laughs> you get it. I understand. <laughs> ah, the math. Yeah. So, yeah, this is that's what this scale is for. if you honey. do it by weight, then you are at least adding the same amount of yeah. your dry ingredients I every didn't, single this time. This is genius. So yeah. It's baby, <laughs> so you and I are both Katy Perry fans. Yes. Like guilty pleasure. Actually, I have to give a shout out to my friend uh, Naomi Laviolette. She's always the first one to listen to any podcast that comes out. Yeah. And she's saying that to me once in a car. I was feeling rather down and I wasn't I wasn't sure where my life was going to go and I didn't know if I could be a musician. I mean, I am a musician, but mm -hmm. I didn't know if everything just felt far away. You know what I mean? And she took me in her car before a rehearsal and she shut the door and she said, Marty, and she put the tape in and she cranked it up. Oh, tape, CD, whatever. Yeah. And she cranked it up. <laughs> and then she just looked at me and she went, baby, you will Oh and she gosh. sang it to me, like totally loud in the car. And uh, you know what? It totally did the trick. Yeah. And every time I feel down and uh, whatever, I listen to song. Katy Perry Firework, and I think yeah. of Naomi basically screaming it to me in the car. Yeah. 
you know, trying to pound it into my head. And she did a good job, so thanks, Naomi. All right, what are we up to now? So now we're doing the same thing with eggs. Wait, what? no. How much eggs are we putting in? No, really? Yeah. Siri, we're weighing the eggs? We're weighing the eggs because eggs are all, I mean. Okay, this is like blowing my <laughs> mind. I'm gonna guess, what, eight ounces? Eight ounces of eggs. All right, so one egg is about two about ounces. Two. About two and a half to 2.7. Yeah, I mean, when you buy your eggs from the store, they're, they typically, I mean, well, they have to weigh them in order to say these are large or extra large. Okay, we're at 6.6. .6. Yeah, but if you have, like, let's say you want to use duck eggs, duck eggs are a lot bigger, so they're going to weigh completely differently. So if you're using a recipe with eggs, you're going to use duck eggs? So this is interesting. This is 8.3. Last night I made one, one with two, four three, eggs. Four. That was only 7.3. It was like a whole ounce different. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to weigh my eggs. <laughs> so this are, is about four eggs, but if you're just using four eggs, you're going to end up with a different amount of egg. So are you going to take out some of the egg white? You know, I'm going to let it go ahead and be 8.3. We're just going to see. Because when you test things, it's good to know how much wiggle room you have. Right? Okay, all right. So this I'll case, consider an experiment. You know, I did an experiment last night with it, and I had like seven ounces of eggs. Okay. Or six ounces of eggs or something. and. It's flat. It didn't rise the way it should have. So I'm like, okay, you can't use that little. And now we're going to see what happens if we use a little bit more. Okay. Because when everybody's cooking in their kitchen, everybody has different ingredients, their own processes. You have to allow for and every some... manufacturer has different measuring cups. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're would be all, a cup is a, a cup, right? But no. But I think it's just yeah. They're. I mean, it's only just maybe just a tiny, maybe a half a tablespoon. But that's still. Huh. You know, if you're making... Right. See, through the eggs in the blender, it's just happily doing all the work for us. I know. Yes. Um, I'm going to scrape the sides. So this, we are just adding one egg at a time. All right. And we're going to let it re-fluff, because this is what's beating the, the lift into the cake, mm. are these eggs. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, we kind of mm -hmm. want to get them as fluffy as possible. So do you ever listen to music when you cook? I do listen to music when I cook. Does it, like, inspire? Does it change the way you cook? Um, you know, I wouldn't say it changes the way I cook. It just makes it a lot easier to have a dance party when you're cooking. <laughs> Kitchen dance party. Which everybody could see me because oh you have God. this window. This has got to be, well, this is good. You're dancing around with your pots and your pans. Uh -huh. And you have two kids, right? I have two, yeah. Yeah. Do they come in the kitchen and cook and dance with you? And get in my way. Yeah, yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. I do a ton of David Bowie. Sometimes I do some bikini kill if I'm feeling... You're doing what? <laughs> some bikini kill if I feel really angry. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm cooking again. I listen Just... to a lot of alternative music. Mm -hmm. I write jazz pop, but my work brain goes on. Yeah. Like, so when I'm listening oh, yeah. to KMHD, something in me just turns on. It's like yep. a switch is flipped. And I have to... I have to pull over and write the new lyric or the new melody yeah. or the new song, and it gets in my way. It's uh -huh. actually a pain to, to do that. So um, KMHD, I love KMHD. That's our mm -hmm. local jazz station. But I don't listen to it as much as I probably could. Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of alternative music. Mm -hmm. I adore it. There's a local station called KNRK that I also uh -huh. love. And that's what's on in my car a lot because I'm allowed to relax and party and kind of rock out. And I forgot the orange zest. So you can see with every egg I'm adding, it's just letting it fully incorporate before I add the next egg. So what was the grunge scene like in Seattle? So it was the early 90s, uh -huh. and I was you know, 13 and wasn't allowed to leave the house. 
So I used to like hole myself up in a room and read rockets. Ah. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. really cool. Wow. I wish I had them. I kept them all and I think my mom threw them away. Oh. And I'm like, oh, it's so cool to look through those. So what you hear is, um, of course, the blender in the background. Sorry about that. Yeah. But um, right now you're grating orange peel off an orange and you're tapping it on Just the board. So that tap tap is you. Just getting the getting, getting the orange peel the out of the out of the right, grater. Let's add this to our mixture. All right. There we go. Make it Nummy. all orangey. So where did you play when you lived in Seattle? Where would you perform? Oh my gosh. Um, I was with a group um, that did anywhere from like 60 to 80 performances a year. Wow. And um, it was a challenging time for me actually, personally, um, because I was so young. And you were working with a, a group of 16 singers and you had like a mic partner. And you know, I mean, really you're just still developing as an adult yeah. and trying to figure out where you belong and who you are. And I, I don't think I was quite ready for that I mean, in some circles, I was so confident, but in others, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, for example, it took me two years of being in that group before I ever even tried a solo. Mm -hmm. And in high school, I was like, yeah, I'll do the solo. But then I got on a group of musicians that were my peers. Yeah. And I, I found myself becoming a wallflower. I became very shy yeah. about singing. And it was really difficult for me to sing. Yeah. So um, the first solo I had there was, uh, was kind of odd early jazzy pop song called Dear Paul. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. I can remember I got up to sing and my voice I was so nervous my voice. It was like pop, pop, pop. I oh was my so gosh. nervous and I was so horrified that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. And then it took till the summer basically two and a half years we were ending. I was on my way to Colorado to school. It was my last year at this, with this group in Edmonds uh, near Seattle. And um one of the girls who'd done a They All Laughed, it's a jazz tune, They All Laughed at Wilmer and his brother. And um, I knew the solo inside out because I'd heard her do it like 80 times yeah. through the course of the year. She couldn't be at the show. And oh, I said, no. I'll do it. And they all looked at me and they went, oh, it's the last show of the season. We'll, we'll let her try it. And I got up and something changed. Yeah. I just like went, oh, I can do this. And I hit it out of the park. Uh-huh. I think that was a, it was a brand new beginning for me in terms of singing and performing mm -hmm. because I realized that uh, performing isn't about who I am when I sing. Yeah. Performing is about me and the music and the audience. Yeah. It's not, it's not about me as a person. That it's is not, so and interesting. I don't know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to no. explain that, but something shifted and yeah. then after that I was able to sing in front of people. Yeah. Do you ever have like, so I talk a lot about anxiety and about, you know, sometimes even though I don't do a performance, sometimes I have to work with clients and think on my feet and um, sometimes it can be really nerve wracking, uh -huh. you know, in the middle of shoots and whatever. And so, I don't know, I was trying to talk about that experience because I think it's something that everybody, if you do anything you're passionate about, you're always going to end up having those days yeah. where it maybe doesn't turn out the way you want it to, yeah. and then the next day you get up and you, you have to keep going, and it's yeah. such an element of like, yes. like, what gave you that bravery to just 
go and just do it. Like I'm, I'm here to tell. What I is that? Encourage you know? people that you know if you if you're scared of something but you really want to do it, you just got to do it a few times. Uh huh. Um, since we're kind of nearing the end yeah, of the yeah. cake making here, um, tell me a little bit about. I want to know what a food stylist is. <laughs> I have food to know. Is. Yeah. Tell me a little so, bit about what you do. Love like salt. What is love like salt? So any any person who takes pictures of food. We're dumping the cornmeal in the yeah, blender, by the way. Just slowly. And a pinch of salt. And I also use salted butter. A lot of baking books will say don't use salted butter, but I feel like um, just my baked goods turn out better if I use salted Love butter. Love like salt. Love like she uses salt. salted butter. So again, yeah. Well. <laughs> so, um, so basically, there's a lot of myths about food styling where, you know, people are like, oh, I saw this thing where you use glue for milk. You mean to make it look pretty? Yeah. Is that in, in a photograph? In a photograph. But oh. a lot of tricks too, you know, that people kind of think about were developed when people had film cameras and, you know, you had to set up your whole setup and then you have your lights. I'm just gonna whip this a little bit more. So you have like your lights and your lights are really hot and you have film and you can only take so many pictures and you have a really finite amount of time. So there's, Kind of like a podcast. Kind of like a podcast, right? <laughs> so it's like I think food styling for that situation is way different than food styling for digital cameras because film is going to read the colors differently than digital. You don't have a lot of chance for post-production. So yeah. I think food styling used to be just a lot more regimented. Like these are, and you look at like 80s photos and you're like, oh my gosh. Okay, you know? so 80s yeah. food photos were fake. They all look kind really of like fake. hair. Yeah. No. Yeah, but now I think it's great because of Instagram and people loving to see real food. You kind of have to find that balance between making something look good, but not, I call it the uncanny divide of food, but not have it look so pristine and fake. You have to make it like perfectly flawed. Yeah. And there's a really fine line between rustic and sloppy. And yeah. You know, so that's always where I'm trying to kind of put my focus is like, how do I take a picture of this thing and make sure that it looks styled and pretty but also doesn't look like plastic like or, it's when you used hairspray yeah or like you know taking even though yes you're taking tweezers and putting things onto the cake or whatever to make it right things go or the little herbs on the pasta like uh -huh. you don't want it to look like you did that okay so, so. are you gonna give me um well, okay first of all your instagram account is it love like salt it is and i've looked at this i just want to make sure i got the handle right Oh my gosh, your photographs are oh, stunning. Really, really stunning. Thank you what so made much. you go from the bakery kind of world into food styling? Well, I got lucky. <laughs> so I think I just got here through a small series of lots of risks. So I worked in a restaurant, well, I've worked in restaurants from the time I was 17. So 17, all the way through college, I have an art degree. Uh -huh. Which you know. Yeah. I worked in restaurants. Okay. <laughs> and um, was a restaurant manager. And then I, you know, got married, got pregnant, and then realized there was no way that with my husband's career and um, the cost of childcare, I could keep working. So I became a stay at home mom. Uh huh. And that was awesome. And I was a stay at home mom for like five months. Uh huh. All <laughs> of five months? All of five months. And then <laughs> I was, uh, I do a lot of work with Pastini, that local 
yeah. uh, pasta restaurant. So right. this was a long time ago. I managed for them for a long time. I was I've a never server. been there. Have you tried their food? Or do you just <laughs> style their food? I think I'm made out of their food. <laughs> I think my children are made out of their food. Really? Okay, so we're going to recommend Pastini then. Yeah. I'm going to have to go check it out. So they, you know, they started in 2001 before like Portland food thing was a thing. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, but so anyway, they called me to work in the office for a little bit. They're like, bring your baby, just come here, do some paperwork. I was like, awesome. But I'd never had an office job before. I was like, All right. This is this is how people live. This is amazing. <laughs> you get a steady paycheck, oh my gosh. I know, right? Like I'm not on the floor, my feet don't hurt at the end of the day. This is pretty awesome. So I worked in their office. Then I became um, the head marketer's assistant. And it was just like we needed food photos, and I was like, well, I have a, mm -hmm. I have a camera. Let's just go into a store and take some photos and mm -hmm. see, you know, to see how they work. And we did it, and they turned out great. And then I just kept taking their photos. And so it's been six years. So if you see any photos of Pastini, they're probably mine. That's great. Yeah. So we're almost at the end of this cake-making experience. You've taken the oranges with tongs out of the uh, tea sugar simple mm -hmm. syrup and you've lined the bottom of your pan on top of the little you know pan liner that you've got you've lined it with the oranges that look beautiful um, and uh, you're, the little kind of the edges are kind of translucent a little bit and now we're we're going to take our fluffy batter and then we're just going to drop it in so yeah I guess I just, it was interesting. Like, it's nothing I ever really ever aimed to do, but something I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like those little risks, like saying. Well, you have a lot of clients, and you know, you've got a great eye, and oh, thank you. Um, I'm really impressed with not only your culinary skills, but you know, with your artistic creativity and how to combine the food and the photography. Yeah, I love that. And I love that. I mean, it is a food and music podcast, but I'm going to say that's more food and art, which, you know, is all good. So. And art is music. And in, in the oven it you goes. Know, in the oven it goes. And then, well, that you have stuff. something for me to try, right? I do, yeah. So we just put that in the oven. It's, you know, <clears throat> since this recipe doesn't really have a time frame, okay. I would set a timer for 20 minutes, Uh huh. check it, and then, type, you know, check it in 10 minutes, check it in 5 for minutes. For the toothpick or whatever to come out Yeah, clean. it would kind of pull away from the sides, you know, so you'll have a little gap between the cake and the side of the pan. Okay. And then you could take the toothpick and put it in. Okay, good to know because I would have been like, oh my god, I wonder. <laughs> That's the one thing I have to have is my kitchen timer. And then I'm like, yes. oh, did, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, maybe so if it's something visual, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait All to right. try it. Um, you already baked one last night. I can I see it did. here on the counter. All right. Let's see so here. Let me, this uh, one that you cooked last night. Uh -huh. um, you said that um, it was it didn't raise as as much. Yeah. It just had. Um, it just didn't use quite enough eggs. Because remember, I was experimenting to see how far you could push the recipe. Right. And so today we used four eggs. Mm -hmm. And last night you used. Six. I used four as well, but it just didn't turn out to be. Oh. The same size eggs. Oh, okay, I got it. So there's actually two. Those are new eggs I bought yesterday. So for between two cartons, okay, there's like two ounces difference between those four eggs. Once again, the scale. And that made a huge difference in your baking. It did. The whole two ounces. And when that cake comes out, then we'll really see how much difference it made. But I think. So yeah, it was just turned out a little bit dense, but I think it's still fairly tasty. I don't know if there's a slice missing from it, so someone <laughs> tasted it. We did. 
I really like the oranges on the top. Like, I love that bitter orange flavor. But, and also see here, we have all this, um, kind of this liquid right here. Right. Which is really awesome. You could take that. And okay. you could either put some on your cake, but I think it would be great for cocktails. Oh, yeah. Like, Are you going to put some on the cake fashion. now? I am not. I think this is sweet enough for me. Okay. Let me go grab you. All right. Thank you, ma'am. And this is the part that I always get in uh, trouble for, of toasting with the forks, because I, I only do that with my, my guy, Todd, and he got uh -huh. all jealous. So we're going to toast with a fork, and we're going to pretend he's here, and we're going to say cheers. Cheers. To a job well done. All right, here it all goes. Right. Oh. So it's good. It just needs a little bit of loft, and I think it will be. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So it tastes, it has the orange flavor, mm -hmm. but I think the tea adds depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a depth to the cake. And the cornmeal is delicious. Uh, it's got, I don't think it's a sweetness to it, but because of the cornmeal, the simple syrup kind of, I don't know, went through the cake, I mm -hmm. think, you know, kind of permeated the mm -hmm. the layers, I guess. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to record anymore. I just want to eat cake. <laughs> this is delicious. Wow. Carly, thank you so much. Yeah, this thanks so much so for How coming How can people by? find you on the internet? Um, I'm at lovelikesalts.com. It's my okay. website. I'm more active on Instagram. Love like salt. Yeah. So I do well, a lot of Instagram, and I'm starting to get my YouTube channel going. So hopefully this year there will be more YouTube videos. Yay! Good job. Good. All right. I yeah. can't wait to see that. And, um, you know, thank you so much for Ooh. showing us the app and uh, for coming on the show today. And we're going to post a recipe for this mm -hmm. now that we've made it online um, when the episode airs. And just again, thank you so very much. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been really fun. <laughs> I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. This show is made with support from patrons just like you. Find out how you can attend a recording of the show and be part of the fun at patreon.com forward slash Marty Mendenhall. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen.